from the heart of the Forest City, focusing on the biggest stories in London, this is the Craig Needles Podcast. Now here's your host, Craig Needles. It's the Craig Needles Podcast here at ClassicRock981.com, LondonNewsToday.ca. We're on your favorite podcast apps as well. Thank you for downloading and listening to and subscribing to the Craig Needles Podcast. And uh, you know, the, the number one topic in London right now, from a news perspective, from, from most perspectives, we're talking about what's going on with the city, is the whole of community response to health and homelessness, and is being talked about from all sorts of different angles. And one of those is, hey, what's the communication been like on this? And, and to discuss that, we are joined here in studio by Ward 4 Councillor Susan Stevenson. Hello, Susan. Thank hey. you for doing this. Thanks for having me. Uh, you had a Twitter thread the other day, that I and, and, and I agree with a lot of what was in the thread about saying, hey, maybe there needs to be a little bit better communication at the city as far as what's happening with this plan, where it's going to be. And I know that at the end of this month, we're going to get an update from staff as far as what we want the plan to look like. And you know, I'll talk about that in a second. But from, from, from your perspective, how would you define the communication here? Because I know there was a whole bunch of numbers that came out via the folks over at CTV London. And, and you found out about those numbers that have been pitched to the province and pitched to the feds from Daryl Newcomb. And that's, that, that's not the way communication should be going on in the City of London. No, no. I mean, we were asked as council to trust in the process to uh, approve a plan in theory. Mm-hmm. And we were okay to do that because it's all of the, you know, minds from the hospital, police, everybody coming together for a solution. So we were good with that. Mm-hmm. And we were good with waiting on information. But when it starts getting leaked by the press... And I find out that the information was available months ago and that the city presented to both the province and the federal governments a proposal that was not presented to municipal council. I'm not happy about that. Yeah. And I think that's fair. And I think the public wants their elected officials to have a say. And, and, and there it is. And I think that that's the part where I find the disconnect is, is, is somewhat relevant is if your constituents ask you, hey, what's going on with that $25 million donation that I heard so much about in January? I think it's a pretty fair question. And you should be able to answer them with as much detail as possible. And, and there was some lacking detail there. There was. And I've, had, I've expressed this concern to the city manager and to the mayor since January, Mm -hmm. that it's awkward for me as a city councillor to attend my police board meetings, my paramedic board meetings, my Old East Village BIA meetings, and they are all privy to information and I'm getting little bits of what the city's planning to do sitting in those meetings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's awkward. It, It makes me feel uncomfortable that that's how I'm finding out. I get most of my information from the media, quite frankly. Well, and, we do our best. <laughs> well, and I appreciate <laughs> yeah. it because literally that's where all the details have been coming from. And so, yeah, the, and the people are very interested in this, right? The public, As they should be. The public cares a lot about our homeless population mm. and they care a lot about their city and yeah. they're concerned about both. Yeah. And this is something, and this is something the mayor said on Twitter the other day, and he said this at Remarks when we were at, uh, and I was covering this news conference, uh, opening the the, the 44, I think, um, new affordable housing units over on Thompson Road. He said, this impacts everyone. Obviously, though, the the people who are dealing with homelessness or mental health issues or addiction issues are the people that at the epicenter of this, it impacts them the most. But it impacts anyone who calls for an ambulance, anyone who goes to the hospital, anyone who uh, has an issue and they, they, they call the police for whatever reason. Uh, response times and, 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 and wait times, response times go down, uh, wait times go up because of 
what we've allowed to happen here with our homelessness crisis. So this impacts everyone in the city. And I think I think we're all pretty much on board with that at this point. Painfully. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and anyone who owns a business, anyone who like and, and they, they they come in in the morning and someone's sleeping or doing whatever in the, the vestibule. And that's that's a health and safety issue. So that's not a matter of, hey, it's inconvenient for me that someone's asked me for change on the street. I don't care about that. But I get why they're why someone's concerned about what's happening with health and safety with themselves and their staff at their businesses. Absolutely. It's a huge concern. Yeah. A lot of businesses have trouble sleeping at night wondering what they're going to find in the morning, what their right. staff are going to find. Yeah. And that's 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 trouble. And and obviously there's, um, you know, drug use and things that's, that's part of this. And, and I want to be very clear. I'm not so much worried about someone, you know, using drugs in the street. That's a that's a problem. But if, the, if there's a cleanup aspect of it, if there is a health and safety aspect of that, too, that's 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 part of the deal. And we have to be worried about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you've gone on a little bit of a quest for answers here. What are you being told as far as what the answers are, as far as where we're at on this plan right now goes? Well, the analogy that keeps being used is we're building a bridge as we walk across it. Mm -hmm. I'm even okay with that. Mm -hmm. But my concern is, and and I said this today in a meeting, do the bridge builders have a portfolio of successful projects that I can look at so that I feel confident in this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I appreciate all the social, social service agencies and what they do in our city. And we need to be honest about the fact that something isn't working. No. I'm sure they do tons of things that are amazing, but there's something going wrong. And I want that identified. So when we talk about Adelaide and Queens and Old East Village, why is it the way that it is? And why can't, we, why can't they go in there and make it right so that we know that going forward, it's going to be good? Yeah. Now, as far as where we're at right now, isn't the problem just at the, at the very base level, the demand far exceeds the capacity of the system for our social services? Well, I've been around and talked to a few of the social service agencies since I got elected, and I've asked them, like, how can the city help? What, mm-hmm. What's your biggest problem? And consistently, they have all said affordable housing, right. that we don't have anywhere to put people. We've got mm-hmm. the housing support workers. We do our best to try to find them someplace, but there just isn't anything out there. Right. So, so again, I don't have the answers to this, but everybody is for housing why aren't we focused on that yeah. so that we can have people moving through the existing shelters to have somewhere to go? We're talking about building hubs, which were, again, supposed to be short-term ha- uh, stays, but to what? Now, I know there's plans coming, right. and it's going to take time, but winter is not that far away. Of course. So and what happens winter of 2023 and the 2024? Uh, my my belief right now, and until I hear otherwise from the city, I'm going to say this, is it's going to look the heck of a lot like winter of 2022 into 2023. Right. Which is not what we were told. No. In the spring, we were told we're moving to a permanent solution. Uh, we're not going to have any more temporary winter responses. We all were very excited about that. This I'm not seeing that, and we're not talking about it. Now, maybe this is going to come in the staff report. I we'll hope see. so. I hope so. July 27th, I think, is when. Maybe the 24th. I'll have to look at the calendar. Either way, yeah. end of July. End yeah. of July. But, but we, we need those issues addressed. 
right? Like what are the problems currently faced by the social service agencies and what are we doing to fix that? We've got issues of safety in the shelters. We've got all kinds of different things. I'd like to hear about that as well. So we can talk about building over here, but like how can we fix and acknowledge what isn't working currently? Because more of the same is not going to potentially help. There's lots of examples of cities that have put billions of dollars in and their situation is worse. Right. And and we can't have that. And, and we can get into this in a little while, but I know that there's concern that, hey, if we have this program that gets up and running and it's great, or is everyone else in the province just going to say, hey, go to London to anyone who's battling addiction or whatever it happens to be. And, 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 and truthfully, I'm yeah. okay with that. Yeah, if, we, that if, if, if we, we get to, if working, we have, okay. and we want to be a regional center for helping people get back on their feet and uh, living a life that's meant for them, uh, then let's do it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure that's what we're creating here. Like this is another, there's a bit of a philosophical difference as well in terms of what is the desired outcome. What's your desired outcome? Well, my desired outcome is to help people uh, be able to live a life of choice, right? So, and and we, there's some of the people who 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 um, disagree with me see choice differently, right? They they are saying they should be allowed to choose this particular lifestyle that they're living, but the public and myself included. When we look at the street, it's heartbreaking to see. I'm not seeing people who are at choice. I'm seeing people trapped in addiction and in a mental health crisis. And so is everybody ready for help today? No, but are, do we have help available the day that they say, I, I mm. want out of this? Right. So are we going around and, and asking people and then do we have the help? And then do we have do we hold them through that process people are going to fall out of that path of uh, addiction recovery or mental health issues but let it not be us who had a gap between detox and recovery between recovery and transitional housing that had them back on the street mm-hmm. and succumb because we didn't have a system that held them if they were willing to be held right right yeah and i i'm all in on that yeah, and I'm all in on that too. And I, and I think that it, it comes back to, and I know that there there's some misconception as far as how this is discussed. I, I think just about everyone would agree with, no one should be forced into addictions treatment because that's not going to be successful anyway. No, no. If you're forced to be there. Yeah. That's not, that's not helping anyone. So, but if someone says, hey, I need help, there should be instantaneous, yes, we can help you. Here's what we're going to do. Absolutely. And we don't have that from a, from a, an addictions perspective, and we don't have that from a mental health perspective either. Exactly. I t- I've talked to several moms whose kids are on our street. Now right. they're in their 20s and 30s. But they're on our streets currently, and it's heartbreaking that we have not been able to help them, and we currently are not able to help them. One had their child come home on a Friday and say, I'm ready. I'm ready for help. And there wasn't anything. They work Monday to Friday. And so there wasn't anything on the weekend. And by Sunday afternoon, they'd changed their mind and were headed back to the street. That breaks my heart. Yeah. Right? That I'd like to see 24-7. That we've, or maybe even hubs that will hold people until they can get into a, yeah. a yeah. center. You can hang out here. You can have something to eat, have a shower, whatever, yeah. and, then, and then figure out where we go from there. Because we all know mm-hmm. we've got things that we want to do better in our lives. And it, takes, it just ha- takes that right day or moment where we decide, okay, now is the time. Yeah, and then that can obviously change. As, yeah, as exactly. So then we get to be there again the next time around. Right. 
so the, the 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 leaked numbers that we were talking about that CTV got uh, capital cost to create spaces uh, twenty four two hundred forty seven and a half million dollars operating cost ninety and a half million dollars uh, and those are the operating costs for the thirteen hubs and five hundred eighty housing units each year so. What was your reaction to those numbers? Obviously, you were surprised that such numbers existed. But mm-hmm. when you hear those those cases laid out with that no, that number of dollars, what's your reaction to it? It's a lot of money. It is. And I personally believe that London and Londoners care so much about this problem that we could come up with whatever amount is needed. I think there, politically, this you can sell that number pretty easily. There's a, and there's a lot of money in yep. London, and there's everyday Londoners who'd all give a little bit right. to make this better. I agree. What I've asked for is the sales pitch. Right. Give me the sales pitch. Convince Tell me, me that this is Convince the, yeah. me that this is it. Yeah. Tell me what we can look forward to in theory, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's no guarantees. Yeah. But tell me what problem it's addressing, how it's going to work, and what we can expect. Not, well, we have to do something. Right. Because I think we all agree we have to do something. But, but that's it doesn't not mean ju- we have to take whatever right. comes. Exactly. That's not the justification for anything. No, and it's yeah. not good governance. Right. And the public rightfully says what we're doing, something isn't working. Right. So I want us to own it. No blame, shame, or guilt. I don't care how it happened. Just tell me what thing is going wrong and tell me that we're fixing it. Because if you're not admitting that anything is wrong with what we're doing right now, I'm not buying. No, and I don't think anyone should buy that. I don't think anyone should buy that. And and there, there to me, there, the, the the list of things that we're doing wrong is massive. And it's it it's, uh, falls at the feet of all three levels of government and, and, and a, a bunch of different folks as far as um, people who have made decisions in the healthcare sector, people who have made decisions uh, from a policing perspective, not just necessarily just in London, but province-wide. They're, 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 it falls at the feet of a lot of people, but what we're doing right now is simply not working. And we need to reimagine it. I think part of that reimagining would, of course, include uh, better social assistance rates. You can talk about mm-hmm. that in a minute. Yep. Yep. Uh, but for now, uh, we have a kind of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity of hypothetically getting up to $35 million here to, to address this problem, and we can leverage that into more money. And if we if we miss on this, when is there, there going to be a better chance in exactly. order to address exactly. this? Exactly. This right. is a... It's a once-in-a-lifetime. It's, it's an important moment, which I understand it's an emergency and we need to mm-hmm. keep moving quickly, but we also can't get this wrong. The faster we're moving, the more we need to be checking our measurements and making sure we're aimed in the right direction. They, the experts are the ones who can tell me that. Tell me, explain it to me, show me how it's going to work, show me how we're, uh, we've targeted the right problem at the right time. Because this, this project as well, or this plan, it targets a very small percentage of even the homeless population. It's the high acuity, the small group. There's an argument to be made for that. St. Thomas did it, had good results. I think we're, we're also in a situation where there is a lot of pain and suffering in our city. There's a lot of heartbreaking stories and a lot of anxiety throughout our city. So it's not like everybody else is doing well and we can focus on this this area of need. There's this this huge need. And as a city councillor and as city council, we're responsible to the whole city. Mm-hmm. And I feel like either we're just talking about this one thing and we need to talk about what we're doing for everybody else or we need to make sure that we're not like losing, we can't see the forest for the trees. This really matters. Mm-hmm. 
And it really matters uh, in, in your ward in the core. And, and here's the thing. This has become an issue in every ward yeah. in the city at this point. But it's it's concentrated in wards 4 and 13, I think it's fair to say. It is. And the downtown matters to a lot of people. If we lose our downtown, and we are very close to losing it, we can argue about how close the precipice is. Mm-hmm. But it's there. And if we lose our downtown, we lose the heart of our city. And that's a shame how for everybody. How close do you think we are to that precipice in your estimation? I think it ends in 2023. Like, right. I, I think we're that close that if we don't do something this year, we're not going to be able to fix it. No. Right? I'm not. But, I'm an but, optimist, but I'm not. Yeah, you know. but we at least turn the ship but around. But we need to at yeah. least give businesses and residential people hope. They need to hear from their city council that we are committed to this, that we are committed to action, not just words. We're going to put money in. We're going to enroll our landowners and our businesses to invest all at the same time to bring us back to life. Because quite frankly, we need like, we need to be brought back to life in the core. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with that entirely. And, and I'm, I'm a someone who spends 90% of their time in the core because I live in the core and I work in the core and that, that I, I commute uh, via my feet to and from, uh, to and from my office every day. And uh, it's not a good situation. No, and it's we're not. building towers. Mm-hmm. We and need that's to, great. We need to make, but we need to make this a livable situation. Sure. We're assuming the towers are going to create a livable situation, but it's kind of like the chicken or the egg, which like – we, we also need to make our downtown core a safe place to be. Yes. So that people will happily come and rent these new buildings. I agree with that. Uh, I think that once we get people into those towers and, you know, the folks at Old Oak and the folks at York have put a lot of money into Absolutely. thinking that they're going to be able to get folks to live in these towers. And, and I believe them. I think they've got a pretty good read on the situation. Um, that's going to be They better. also started that years ago. That's true. That's true. Uh, and before we started losing businesses almost yeah. on a weekly basis. Yeah. Now, uh, the folks over at York want to build something pretty massive over at uh, um, – uh, ride out and, and king there. Uh, Thank but, you. Yeah, which is, yeah, please, <laughs> please, in, in fact, put 10 stories yes. or more on it if you'd like. Yeah. Um, so they, they seem to think that, okay, this is a place that people are going to want to live. And from a business owner's perspective, it sounds great. Oh, yeah, okay, we're going to have a few more hundred people living right down the road. But they've got to get from here to there. And, and the getting from here to there is going to be perhaps a challenge depending on the business we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah, because we're talking about safety. Like right. you said, it's not a discomfort, yeah. awkwardness. Yeah. It's literally a safety issue. Yeah, and that, that's exactly it. And I think for the most part, and again, I don't want to generalize here, but I think for the most part, like I live downtown. I, do I get asked for change most days? Yeah, and if I have change, I'll give a couple of bucks here or there. We're living in a more increasingly cashless society, so yes, I, I, I very rarely have actual cash on my person. Um, will I buy someone uh, something at the grocery store my way out when I go here for lunch? Yeah, absolutely. I'll do that from time to time. That doesn't bother me at all. Someone asking me, hey, do you have, you can, you have something for me to eat? That doesn't bug me. But as you said, the health and safety aspect of it is where things get into a, a more difficult situation. That is beyond inconvenience. I, I don't think anyone should complain about inconvenience. Uh, that is, I'm worried that, you know, we're going to have a situation here where someone gets sick or someone gets hurt and, and we can't have that. That's, no, we, we cannot. We, yeah, we've got to be trying to avoid We're that. in a university and college town too. Yes. And we need a safe place for the students to be or it's going to damage their reputation. Yeah, well, there's that too. And I don't know if we necessarily want them hanging out on Bruffdale all the time, but that's a whole different <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Uh, so I mentioned the, I, I mentioned the, the social assistance question, and, and I, I want to ask you about that. Just about all of your colleagues that I've spoken to about social assistance would say, hey, this is way too low and the province has got to fix that. Would you be in agreement with that statement? 100%. The math okay. does not work. Right. It's not even close. If you look no. at rents, if you look at the cost of actually getting groceries, it's not even close to where it needed to be. And this was my concern, too. I have multiple concerns with the encampment strategy and providing food. But 
like what about all of the people who are struggling to put food on the table? Yeah. Right? The food bank Th- can only There do are so, so many. Mm-hmm. And so I think we have to be careful when we select certain groups of the city and not others. We just need to be at least aware of that and make mm-hmm. sure it's a conscious choice and we've taken that into consideration and we can sell it. Yeah. And, and, and tell people what's going on. And, and, and I, I was talking about this before we started recording, but on the podcast a couple weeks ago, go, go, go back and listen to, to folks who can. I was talking to Margie. She lives near Cavendish Park. And she was talking about, okay, I don't mind giving people a bottle of water or a sandwich. Yeah. But when a path that I go down all the time is not usable because there's you know, uh, uh, abandoned furniture, drug paraphernalia, things along those lines, a place where my kids want to go. And I tell them, you can't really go there right now. That's a problem. But the bigger problem that Margie outlined, and I've got the London police report to back up what Margie was saying, when there's people being stabbed out front of her house because there's a fight that was going on out there. And this is, I'm not going too deep into the police report, but there's mental health concerns here, things along those lines. I'm not saying... That the person who was stabbed or the person uh, deserved it or whatever it happens to be, but this is a fight between two people who are living in the encampment. Uh, no one wants to see anyone being stabbed in their front lawn. Yeah. That, 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 that's that's not what anybody wants to see. And I hope for the full recovery for this person. For I understand that's the way it's going to go. But still, uh, this is beyond. Oh, this is inconvenient. I don't like the way this looks. This is hey, this is a dangerous situation going on directly in front of my house. Yeah, and it's dangerous for the people in the encampments too. Yeah, of course. So when encampments I, are not safe, I don't, no one should be sitting here and telling us that encampments are a safe place to be. Some are, but in a lot of cases, the bigger they get, the more there's concerns about human trafficking, things on those lines. Steve Courts from from uh, YOU and I had a big conversation about this on, on the podcast a few months ago. But the, the encampments are not necessarily a place that we should be thinking are, is, is A-OK. I get that the folks who are living there don't have any of their options. I understand that part of it. But we should be working to put a stop to the fact that there are encampments, and that's a big job. It is. And even in the media, when they went in and interviewed some of the mm. people in the encampments, their biggest concerns wasn't so much food. They were grateful for the food and the water, their but their biggest concerns safety. is personal safety yeah. and uh, property security. Yeah. So again, are we addressing the problems that we are easy to deal with and missing the, the bigger problems? Right. And, and this is an emergency situation, I believe, in our city for those people and for our community. And in an emergency, we need everybody to do what only they can do. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned with it, it's not that I'm against food and water, but other people can do that. What does the city need to do that only we can do? And let's do it as fast as we possibly can. Because so do you think the answer to that is just housing? What do you think, that, what do you think is the, the, the what, what, can be, what can the city do that only the city can do in your estimation? Well, it's a good question. Yeah. Um, we're in charge, our charge of bylaw, social mm-hmm. housing, and I think we need to fill that gap. Like I said, in addiction treatment, what can we do in terms of helping people get better? How can we fill the gaps until the province can get us another treatment center, which I'd like to lobby for? We don't have a treatment center for women. No. We don't have one for teens, and the men's one has a waiting list. And yes, People get to choose into it, but man, if people are ready to choose into it, let's be there for them. And we them. don't have spots. Yeah, like that's that to me is the the biggest disaster. If someone says, "Hey, I, I'd like to, you know, get into a treatment center. I'd like to to do it, do whatever the steps would be for that." And and that's for people who know more about addictions than I to comment on exactly what those steps are. Either way, if someone says, "Hey, I'd like to work on 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 my addiction situation here," and we have to look at them and just kind of shrug our shoulders and say, "Well, we don't got a spot for you." 
Uh, I can't even imagine. But that's yeah. that's but that's where we're that's, at. Though. That's where we're at. Yeah. Yep. And we're at that in the shelter too because yep. there's a backlog because yep. people can't get out into housing, and so what mm-hmm. t- was supposed to be temporary is turning out to be much longer yep. term, which maybe is con- uh, contributing to the lack of safety too. It can't be fun to live in an emergency shelter for very long. No, nope, that's definitely. It's meant it. to just be a stopgap with hope of getting your own place. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and the safety element is definitely part of that as far as if you're someone who is uh, in one of those shelters or, you know, you're, you're, you're couch surfing and you're from place to place, there's definitely an element of maybe you've lost property, maybe you've been hurt. And I've talked about that with uh, on, on this podcast before. I think Melissa Sheehan and I talked about it when, when she was on a little while ago, just about you're kind of always in a state of waiting for something bad to happen. Yeah. And that's not good for your mental health, obviously. No, no. And the that, low barrier. Yeah. I mean, we need some high barrier places too for people who yeah. want that. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, we need, we need definitely need low barrier places. We need, yes. Yeah, and, and maybe it's a mix and, and figuring out, okay, you're able to commit to this, this, and this, so you can come here and you're able to commit to only yeah. this, so you can go there. Maybe that's how we figure it out. We need more spots for people to sleep and feel safe though. Yes, That absolutely. to me is the, is, the, is the biggest thing that we have to be working for with, with this money. And, and as we continue to progress through this, spots where people can sleep and feel safe. If we don't have that, we don't, there's, yeah. there's just nothing to yeah. what we're doing. For here. sure. So, for sure. Uh, what do you want to hear at the end of July when staff comes and says, hey, this is what we've got. This is what we're, we think we're going to do coming up for this winter and beyond. What do you want them to say or what are you hoping to hear? I want a sales pitch, Yeah. right? I want to be sold on the what, the how, and the why. And um, I want them to share as much information as they can with us and with the public because the public really does want to know. They want to understand. They want to be able to help. And I think if we're talking about investing this kind of money, um, it's just responsible governance to ask the questions and get explanations as to why this path, right? They've chosen this model. Were there other options? We weren't presented with anything else, right? They didn't come and say, we could do A, B, C, or D. These are all the reasons why and why not. I'm kind of curious as to what else they looked at and didn't choose and why. But in this case, if we're moving along quickly, then tell me why. Tell me what the big problems are. Tell me how we're fixing them. And tell me what Londoners can expect. Best case, worst case scenario next year, the next Mm -hmm. year, the year after that. Because even the videos the city put out, they're saying it's going to get worse before it gets better, even this summer. I agree with that. I think they're right about that. But but, but again, my question is why? Yeah. Do we know why? In my estimation, and I'm going to use this analogy, we are on a very, very, very large ship and it takes a long time for it to slow down and turn around the other way. That would be that would be the analogy I would use just because even if we were to have 100 new housing units open up tomorrow, which would be great, but that's obviously not possible unless you're magic, uh, that helps, but that doesn't solve the problem. It makes it better, but we're still going to have people who are continuing to have mental health issues and addiction issues who are on the street. And those issues are, are sadly going to get worse before they get better until they get housed, until they get help. Okay. But is this going to yeah. be like when we open up a school and there's already 12 portables? I think that there's definitely that possibility, but we don't do the numbers right here. And, yes. and, and why not talk about that, right? right? Best case, worst case, what can we do? And you say it, it would be magic. Look at all the inventions that have happened. Look, when you put great minds together and people who are innovative and can think outside the box, I just don't believe this is as uh, unsolvable. Well, you know what? It It, is is as unsolvable as we believe it to be. Right. 
and then 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 your attitude going into trying to solve the problem will will dictate your results. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I just think that it's it, it takes time to build things and it takes time to find the materials it takes time to find the people to build things right like that there's just no way around that being what faces us you, you, you don't think that you think that we can move quicker than we are well i talked to some smaller developers who mm-hmm. by the way have left the city because they're so frustrated with us um but they went and uh built migrant housing with storage shipping containers okay. so they were living in deplorable conditions yes. Uh, so the shipping containers are not fancy by no. any means, but they're clean, they're safe, they're lockable, and they made the conditions there way better, way, way, way better than mm-hmm. they were for, uh, I can't remember what the cost was, but very inexpensive and very fast. Right. Is it a long-term solution? Probably no. not. But, but hey. it'd, be, it'd be a lot of help this winter as an example. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's fair. Well, and, and that's what, what I'm worried about, and I know you are too, is what are what are things going to be like this winter? And that's what I want to hear about in July is what are we able to do to help folks this winter with real-life actionable things? Yeah, and I think educating the public, I think communication will be key. Mm-hmm. If this truly is the only path, just explain it to us, right? Because, yeah. you know, we hear all these things, oh, there's all these big empty buildings. Why can't we use this? You know, the trailers were there. Why aren't we using them? There's a lot of good questions. I think the public deserves an answer. What just explain it the to them. The ones that were at Colburn and King there, or Colburn and uh, York, rather. I'd love to know. Like, why yeah. aren't we using them? There's people in encampments. They're intense. Yeah. The rain coming down the other night, you know, you can't help but yeah. feel a little heartbroken as to what people are enduring right now. And yeah. do we, and and obviously trailers in a parking lot at uh, at Colburn and York is not a permanent solution. No. But neither is a tent. So, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you know, this expression, you know, don't let uh, perfect be the enemy of the good, um, applies here too, mm-hmm. right? It's like we're on this plan of these, you know, hubs and so highly supportive housing, but it's it's what about what we could do right now with what we've got? Right. And and we've got some money. The, the, the money's already been dropped off. Uh, but again, we want to make sure we do this properly. So yes. there's, there, there's that part of it as well. Yes. So we we know what sort of the, the, the conversation is going to be like going forward as far as you're going to get some information on this uh, by the end of the month. What are your conversations with your colleagues like about this? And, and when... When they're hearing about these plans and wondering about these plans, are, are you on the same page as some of them, all of them, most of them? How would you define that? Well, when I passionately spoke out at council, mm-hmm. um, I had quite a few of the councillors reach out to me wanting to understand better what where I was coming from, wanting to find some small wins or solutions that we could work together on. So I really appreciate that. And, and, and these were councillors that, you know, we are on different sides yeah. of a lot of issues, and they were right there, uh, Anna and Skyler. Um, and then I've had some other counselors approach me since the numbers were leaked mm-hmm. that now they're feeling like they should, you know, they're saying we maybe could have paid a bit more attention to this, or, you know, now I'm, now I'm waking up to this a little bit more. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, we have a great council. Everybody has... Uh, wants to help in the best way that we can. It's difficult sometimes when it, we're more limited as to how we can speak to each other and when and, and everything is so fast-paced. Yeah. But I get to do a better job of speaking with my fellow counselors and talking with them, and we definitely do get to um, find some things that we can do now while 
we're working on oh. this other plan as well. Like I do think that there's the short-term things that we can do, that yeah. we can agree on. Yeah, I, and I, I like to think there'd be some level of agreement there too. And I, uh, I know that your takes uh, as far as how addictions can uh, be discussed and things on those lines. I, I know there are some folks on the internet who don't necessarily agree with all those, and I understand mm-hmm. that. And I, I don't and I literally am just asking either. questions. Yeah, yeah, like I, I just want to know. Yeah. I hear concerns from, you know, I get a lot of phone calls from people, from my Twitter posts. Yeah. Moms of people whose kids are addicts and on our street, people who are taking methadone that are uncomfortable with having to see drugs, open drug use all the time. Mm-hmm. People who live in that neighborhood. We forget. There's a lot of people who live right there where all of that is happening and that they are seniors and they have kids that are getting on buses right there. Kids who they don't feel safe just walking in their neighborhood. It's... It, I think everyone's feeling it right now, but there are pockets of this city where it is just completely unacceptable. Yeah, it's intensified. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do you believe that the way that you've ask some of these questions is 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 hurting the, the 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 progress here when people say hey you talking about this like this is hurting the the way that people dealing with addiction are being seen in the city and things along those lines because because that's one of the accusations well could i be better on twitter or do things differently <laughs> yeah. i'm sure very unskilled when it comes to mm-hmm. twitter um well, I am genuinely curious and right. wanting to hear. And so when I post things, I, I'm curious. I, I follow the conversations below. I read what is sent to me in terms of articles and information. And I'm the type of person that even once I come to a decision, which I haven't come to a decision on too many of these things, I'm still exploring them. I have my leanings for right. sure. Um, once I'm solid, I still go back and try to counter that, like tell me why mm-hmm. and like really question it until I can get grounded in that decision. So when it comes to safe supply, I, I hear what, or safer supply, I hear what people are saying, but I'm telling you what I'm hearing about the concerns about the diversion mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So I'm just asking that question. I yeah. don't know. And even when it comes to this whole of community response, and the social service agencies, when I question the money, mm-hmm. I say to them, I just want to be able to say, look at all the good things we did with this money. Let right. me go get you more. Right. And I don't see why any social service agency or this whole of community response isn't happy to reveal what they've been doing, what they're creating, why it can't um, withstand some scrutiny. Because yeah. I'm not accusing just... Tell me how good it is. Show yeah. me. You don't have a sticker shock here I- issue here. You're you're willing to spend more money on things that are effective. Is, absolutely, is, absolutely. Yeah. We we need to spend whatever it is we need to spend to fix this. The 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 shock came in that there were numbers that were available that right. were not available to us. Right. Yeah. That so that's more of an internal thing than an external thing as far as what surprised you. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And that that I think that's an, an entirely fair. And that's what I I tweeted the other day is. Uh, that that's not how you should be finding out about if if the if the province is aware of this number and the feds are aware of this number, you shouldn't have to find out about it from a reporter. I, I and and, yeah. and your colleagues shouldn't have to find out about it from reporters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and it's it's a, a an issue that I've chatted with uh, the mayor and the city manager about that. Mm-hmm. I'm new to this, so I don't know how it usually works, but this is not working at all. Well, like I've the, talked to people who have done it for a long time and they would say, no, that's not how it usually works. Okay, so, yeah. yeah, and it's really, it feels quite unacceptable to me yeah. that as city council running so that I could have an influence and so yeah. that I could inform the public, I seem to be, we're, 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 uh, we're being managed and we're being like 
either intentionally or unintentionally kept out of it until the very last minute when we are asked to rubber stamp it or be told that we don't care about the compassionate or, um, you know, we're holding up an emergency response. So I think it gets to be done better than that. I think if it's sellable, it's sellable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if it's, it's a matter of if, if this is going to be effective or we have a reason to believe this is going to be effective, then yeah, let's do it. But we've got to just get some more reason to believe that, I think, is another it, – it's, it's, it's a fair take. It's a fair takeaway. So hopefully we get that coming up in a few weeks – well, I think about two weeks from now at, uh, at City Hall. Susan, anything else you want to add before we wrap up our conversation here? I did not think we were going to go for 35 minutes. This has been really, really good. <laughs> okay, yeah. good. No, I really appreciate it. Yeah. And I really appreciate you and the media for covering this because it is a very important issue for the public. Uh, they want they want to hear about this. They 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 want to celebrate the success and the in, in the movement. And honestly, they are expecting city council to do something yeah, about and, this. And this is this is what I've said to people uh, online and, and in person and on the radio and everywhere. Uh, for for you and your colleagues, you were elected in October of 2022. This issue defines how people will see this term of council. Yeah, and it's absolutely this what I ran is, on. Yeah, this issue is the defining issue. So, no pressure. Yeah, <laughs> there's a, a little bit of pressure. People are going to want to see results. Uh, Susan, thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate it. All right, it. thanks. I appreciate it. That's Susan Stevenson, counselor for Ward 4, here on the Craig Needles podcast, which, of course, you can download at classicrock981.com, londonnewstoday.ca, and on your favorite podcast app. The Craig Needles podcast is a presentation of the Blackburn Media Podcast Network. 